Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 193, Freedom from Health Anxiety. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. So in this episode, I want to talk about a workshop that I recently did um, with three awesome people who were struggling with health anxiety. Um, I've done many of these workshops on different topics and it always is feels really important to say that health anxiety is no different from anything else. It truly isn't. Uh, maybe especially in this case, it feels important to say that because for any of this stuff, for anything we're struggling with, the thing that feels so sticky and that gets us sort of hooked is is the content of the stories, the the vivid imagery that shows up in our heads with so much emotion, so much fear. It's so realistic, you know, that when you're heart is beating what you deem to be faster than it should, or you're having a headache, which makes things look a little weird in the world or whatever is going on for you. Oh my gosh, like that's not just felt as it is. That's not felt objectively. It's not just felt as here's what's happening. Of course not. For anyone, it's not. It's impossible. We feel everything through this thick filter of thought, everything. So, so, these health issues are are no exception, of course, but the the extent to which a mind can get super creative with its interpretation of what's happening is pretty incredible. It's, it's pretty remarkable. So, you know, a heart beating too fast, obviously, is like there's memories and projections and the most vivid images and all the things that are going to happen and that should happen and that you always knew would happen someday. And, and it just comes up and forms this this movie that we live in that feels so real so real of course it does that's the power of of our human experience and how it's created and the particular content around this not, not that this is any worse or different than any other things people struggle with but you know the particular storyline and content is is always ultimately I'm going to die. And that isn't seen as as objective either. That's the worst thing that can happen, maybe, uh, in the person's mind. And so, you know, or or probably worse yet, I'm going to suffer a lot and then I'm going to die. <laughs> and then there's, you know, and then there's images of how your death is not, your suffering and death is not only going to impact you, but everyone else. And it's just, it's just big stuff. And it feels so true and so real. So although it's 100% true that health anxiety is absolutely no different than any, anything else, when we're feeling anxious, when, when a mind is racing and telling stories and projecting a future, it doesn't really matter what it's talking about. It could be health anxiety. It could call it money anxiety. We could call it relationship anxiety. We could call it intrusive thoughts, which is all the same thing. It, it, it's just different 
different storylines for the exact same process. It's the same with any habit. It's just a mind racing, producing all kinds of feeling, a really dramatic story. In the case of a drinking or shopping or eating habit, it just has lots of pictures and images and and suggestions or demands around doing something to make this feeling go away. It does with health anxiety too. It does with any other kind of anxiety. But, you know, in that case, it's a little more of a prominent piece of that story. But the exact same process is happening all the time, no matter what. So I know that's like what I talk about here 24-7, like every episode is about that. So I'll leave it at that. But it feels important to say, because I think understandably, you know, you might say, hey, if this is all the same thing, why would you do a workshop on health anxiety? And I'll tell you why. Because when someone's in it, of course, I'm always helping them see or trying to help them see this is a universal process. This has nothing to do with your health. This is not your mind telling you what's going to happen. It doesn't work that way. It is your mind being super creative and yours happens to be super creative around health issues. But when, to a certain extent, when they're in it so much, that's not really heard or it's not heard as easily as as when we can we can back up and I can meet them where they are a little bit more and and walk them through a little bit of the specifics. So if you're a change coach or you know anyone who's who's learned to coach through me, uh, you know we talk about this all the time. We're zooming in and zooming out. We're looking at the thoughts and the feelings and the worries and all of that that come up that feel like they they need to be expressed, you know, they need to be looked at and talked about and and let out a little bit. And just, of course, just by virtue of somebody sharing this stuff, it starts to look and feel so much different. All the time, people are in the middle of saying, and then my mind thinks this and that and that, and you see it on their face and they'll say it. This is ridiculous, isn't it? which is amazing. That's what happens, right? So we need to talk about the content. We're looking at the specifics, of course, but then I'm always looking to pull it out, zoom it out and help them see, yeah, and by the way, remember, this has nothing to do with you. This has nothing to do with your health. It has nothing to do with how you're going to die someday. Nothing. This is a mind's creative process. So I do these workshops on the specific topics because it allows me to go into the details a little bit when someone's that caught up, you know, I think that can be really helpful than just staying very high level where, where sometimes that's just too, too removed to really be heard. Um, and also the biggest reason truly is the community, is that what they see from each other. And this health anxiety workshop I did was for sure no exception to that. It was, it was a amazing, amazing example of how these three incredible people that I got to spend two months with, they they supported each other, not by knowing how to support anyone, but just by showing up and being honest and sharing. And, and eventually, and oh my gosh, it's so helpful for them. They could see where each other was getting caught up and they could point that out to them. And you can't do that over and over and not start to see, oh, wait a minute, this applies to me too. You know, so one of them would be really caught up in something and just feeling all over the place. And another one would see it and see, oh, look at how your mind is just spinning that story over and over again. And even though your doctor told you you're fine, look how your mind doesn't want to let that go. And 
And by virtue of pointing that out and seeing it in someone else, they see, oh, that's exactly what my mind does. So these small groups, I just love doing them so much. Um, and it's similar to Little School of Big Change that, that the group is what does it. it uh, I'm just there as the high level pointer. The group is what does it. And, and it does it in a really incredible, consistent, reliable, amazing, amazing way. So health anxiety, if you don't know, I mean, really, it's just, again, it's just a racing mind, but the nature of the stories and the concerns and worries is all around health issues, uh, often one's own health, but, but often it's not only one's own health. So people might have a lot of anxiety about their parents' health or their spouse or their children's health. Um, what tends to happen a lot is that there's a, a hypervigilance to anything that they feel physically. So there's like a scanning and a checking. And I, I had some of this myself when I was really anxious. I, I would wake up and kind of scan for anxiety, scan for issues. Is, how is my heart feeling? Does it feel normal? Which again is so interesting because I can't feel my heart without my thinking. You know, you can't, you can't check in with your breathing and see, am I hyperventilating? Am I breathing deeply enough? How's that going? You can't check in and, and feel your breathing without thought. And if you're, in, if you're in the mind to be scanning and making sure as if you have something to do with this, making sure that your heart's beating properly and that your, your lungs are breathing you properly, you're very, very, very likely to see issues. See what I mean? I mean, you, you can only see that through the veil of already hypervigilant kind of anxious thinking. So, but that's what happens a lot for, for many people and for me too. Um, it's just a constant checking and scanning. For what, I don't know. You know, like, I guess when I was going through it, for me, it was like, I just didn't trust life at all. I had no idea that I was being lived which is crazy because it's so obvious, but I had no idea I was being lived. Everything, and this is, this is the root of so much anxiety in general, everything looked like it was up to me, including the beating of my heart. And it was like, I better figure this out because if something is starting to go astray, I need to be on it. I need to get that, go somewhere and get this figured out. So I don't know. Yeah, just, it's so hard to go through that. It's so hard to, feel like the weight of the world, literally life and death is up to you. And when you say it like that, you know, like life and death is up to you. Of course it's not, but, but you can see how easily we can get caught up in that. And, and it's, and then our mind will find evidence and stories, you know, like we've all heard of the stories of the person who noticed something and because they were aware and they got, they caught it early, they saved their life. Now, that's not helpful for a person with health anxiety. Those stories are all over the place. But see, what's going on there is we are so lived by intelligence and, and you know, we just see things. We just know things. We don't have to be on high alert to catch those things. Things show up for us. Like, like just, we know things we shouldn't know. People have hunches. They have in what we call intuition. Those are all words just for how life lives us. 
hunches and intuition aren't a thing we have to have or foster or, you know, it's just, that's life living us. And we like to, our mind likes to take credit for it by saying, I followed my intuition. But anyway, we we get on to, to something, you know, something catches our attention. We go get it taken care of. We say, oh, wow, look at that. Yeah, I caught that early. But now how an, an anxious mind will hear that is, wow, look at what, look how dangerous and fragile life is. Look how on high alert I have to be all the time. And if I'm not, I'm not going to be the one who catches it early. That's what my mind told me. And that's what um, the minds of these participants sound like at times, you know. So so there's that. So there's worrying about our own health or others' health. There's the constant scanning, checking for things through a veil of anxious thinking. Um, many people who struggle with health anxiety do a lot of doctor hopping. And what was so remarkable and was for sure the case for the participants in this workshop is it doesn't really matter what the doctor says, they don't believe it. So over and over, all three of these participants talked about having a clean, being given a clean bill of health. The doctor would say, no, you're okay, this is normal. Or they'd say, I think this is anxiety, this is not a health issue. And and it's really remarkable to see this. They're their inability to accept that. Like it just, and and isn't that amazing? Like that's just how, how much a mind loves to hold on to its beliefs. If a doctor told them, even if several doctors told them, this is not a thing, if that does not fit with what, what their mind is gathering evidence to prove, it's just not so likely to be heard. So this is, this is a feature of this for many people who struggle with this is, is getting a second opinion and a third and a fourth and a fifth opinion at times. Um, There's a a lot of um, sometimes rituals and superstitions and things like that that come into this. So um, this came up quite a bit in in this workshop and I'll I'll talk more about how this workshop went and the three participants. But um, that, you know, there was a lot of anxiety that, that felt like it was being kind of comforted by little superstitions or things like, oh, if I, if I drive by a hospital, don't look. Because if you look at a hospital, you're going to end up there or just, you know, things like that. That again, it's so, so amazing to see these super successful, intelligent people. Once they're saying this stuff out loud, as they're saying it, they're like, I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy. They know, they know, you know, but, but this is where it's like, we know better and we're living in this incredibly vivid movie that that it gets to the point, and I remember this with my anxiety too, where it's like, well, just in case. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. I know that driving by an ambulance doesn't mean I'm going to end up, it's not a sign from God that I'm going to end up, you know, in an ambulance in the next 24 hours. But just in case, let me not look. You know, it's just easier. It's just, it's just safer. It just feels better to just not look, just in case which is so, so interesting. But again, it speaks to like the expansiveness in this and how, how experience can show up in so many ways and they aren't all, they don't all fit together. We can absolutely know that, that our mind is just saying some, some stuff that's not helpful and not true. And we can be really caught up in it kind of at the same time, which 
seems like it makes no sense. But I, and you know, in a really huge way, of course, we can come to see that our mind is never right. That it's not, that thought is not the truth, it's thought. And that can take care of a lot of this. And that's always sort of what we're looking toward. That does, it can really take care of a lot of this. But there's a giant, it's like if there's a spectrum here, there's a giant area in the middle of that spectrum where we kind of feel like we have a foot in each camp. You know, we sort of know it, we sort of get it, yet we're caught up in it. And that's so normal. I don't I don't want anyone listening to feel like they're crazy if they're in that place because you do feel crazy. You know, that's that can be some of the some of the hardest bits about this. And same with a habit. Like, why am I doing this to myself? I know better, yet you're so compelled. It's that one foot in each side that can be particularly uh, painful and excruciating. So just know that's, it's normal. At least you have a foot in each camp, right? At least you're starting to see and know, okay, I, I do know that there's, that this is not the truth. That's great. That's great. Then we're going to keep looking in that direction and, and seeing the other stuff for what it really is. So I want to talk about some of the hooks or some of the aspects of health anxiety, but really, again, this could apply to anything that really have people feeling so caught up and stuck in it. I think... Um, in this case, and probably in many cases, that there were three participants. Again, I hope you'll check out the the recordings of the workshop I did with them because I'll tell you about it. But I mean, it was incredible. So, so good. The change that happened for these three people, the way they supported each other, the things each of them saw, I just could not have been happier with how it all turned out for, for all of them. Um, but each of them had you know, and for many of us, there's something that that gets our mind talking on the health side of things as opposed to talking about anything. So yeah, a, a busy mind, a fast running mind will find anything to spin a scary what if story about. And, and, you know, for some people it is primarily and always has been money or the career or their weight or whatever it might be. When it's health, often what happens is there is some health issue that comes up in their life sometimes with them, sometimes with a parent, sometimes with someone they know. And that's where the mind kind of jumps in and says, ooh, if this could happen here, what what else could happen? So for one of the participants, he was in a really serious accident in like a full body cast, broke, you know, a lot of stuff, uh, all kinds of issues. And it was from that point forward that his mind started thinking, wow, Maybe I'm not as invincible as I thought. He was young when this happened. Everybody, when they're young, most people tend to think we're pretty invincible. So it's like, who knows? Who knows, right? We, we're not going to figure it all out or see exactly the thoughts and it wouldn't really matter. But somewhere in that process, life became, started to look a little fragile. You know, the what ifs and, and just the realization that something like this could happen and it could have been worse and all of that. And in his case also, there was a, a bit of a um, an attitude around him of like, just get on with it, get over it. And, you know, when trauma happens, when really traumatic things happen, we don't just get over it. We have to, we have to feel what's coming up around it, which can be all kinds of panic and anxiety and worry and grief and loss, things that are lost in our lives because of this. And 
all of that is so perfect. It's coming up to be felt. And, and that's how we move through this stuff. But, you know, we don't all always have that container or just that ability ourselves to sort of see that and, and let stuff move through. So in his case, it was a, a parent that really had an attitude and this was, this was not the cause of anything, but it was one contributing thing, you know, that the parent was like, suck it up, get back out there, you know, and, and there was emotion felt that wasn't just going to be sucked up. It was like, wait, I need to feel this. But you kind of get a sense how that that resistance and that pushing and that, oh no, I'm feeling this and I shouldn't be. I'm feeling scared. Of course you are. And I shouldn't be. I'm feeling a little anxious and worried about what might happen. And I shouldn't be. It's the and I shouldn't be that is the only problematic piece in this at all. So so in his case, it was a, an accident and then some of that resistance. And, and it was after that, that, that his mind started thinking a lot about health and, and those issues. Um, for another, for the other two, actually, it was a health issue around a parent. And I don't know that this is the very first time this started, but both of them, uh, one of them had a mother who passed away and had a pretty long illness. The other one had a father who had a heart attack pretty young, and then she was a carer for him for a long time. But again, I share this because it's like, it's not, it's not that what happens in life makes absolutely no difference. It does. Now, of course, they could have had those experiences and not ended up with what we call health anxiety, of course. So those experiences don't, don't create or cause health anxiety. Thought in our relationship with it is what's always at play, always. It's the only thing ever at play. How identified we are with the stories our mind tells, and including the feelings that are showing up, is the only thing ever truly going on. But the fact that it jumped on and started talking about health and what might happen and this and that versus something else or versus nothing else, well, yeah, that that's that's coming from their mind's interpretation of these these health issues that they came up against. So again, I, I share that because I think often there's a misunderstanding that, oh, if if it's just thought, then uh, you know, my mom having a long illness and dying, you know, when she was relatively young, that shouldn't have had anything to do with it. No. Our whole experience of a parent having an illness and dying is thought too. It's not that it's not happening as a physical reality, but our entire experience of it and how our mind tries to come to terms with it and the stories it tells and the meaning it makes that's all incredibly creative. And so when that starts happening, it's just going to perhaps continue, continue, you know, okay, now mom's gone, but what else could happen? What about me? Let me check. How do I feel? So, um, so the fact that it starts sometimes, you know, again, with some health issue, the, the storyline in there around yeah, but this could happen. Now, this again, it, it this shows up in any form of anxiety. So if someone is super anxious about losing all their money, their mind will look out in the world and find people who have lost all their money. Their mind will create scenarios where they could seemingly very likely lose all their money. 
And that will, that will come up all the time and say, okay, fine. I might have my money right now, but someday it's very likely that I could lose all my money. And that becomes what feels like the hook where we can talk all day about the creative nature of thought, but their mind will keep going back to, no, this, this is real or very likely could be real, which is... <laughs> Even that is so interesting. Like it very likely could be real. Clearly, that's not real, right? It ain't happening. But it just, you know, it just doesn't feel that way. It just doesn't feel that way. It's as good as happening in this moment when it's showing up in our mind this way. So again, it's not just about health. It could be about any topic. Um, but I think it's really important to see these pieces that make this feel really sticky, like where these little hooks are. So, so these three participants, you know, one of them, her father had a heart attack at 60. I think it, it was known to run in their family. Heart issues were known to run in their family. He survived the heart attack. He had a quadruple bypass. He lived for like another 20 some years. Um, so it, you know, it, it was okay in that, in that definition of okay. Um, but that hook was there. Like it just kept looming and looming. And, and although she knew it was thought and she knew it was anxiety, she really, really knew it was anxiety on some level. When it showed up with these feelings and this angst and it would be built in with memory, of course, memory of how scary it was when he had his heart attack and all the care he needed afterward. And then it memory jumps to projection of I'm next and what if and who will take care of me and I don't want to be a burden. And in an instant, that all comes up. Like that is just combined in this most amazing creative way to leave us still feeling super anxious, even though we know it's a creative process. So that's where those hooks are. The other two, um, currently they struggled with various things, but currently both of them were having ocular migraines, two of the participants. And they would, you know, share swap stories and commiserate a little bit. And it, you know, it sounds pretty unsettling, uh, when these ocular migraines happen because you can't, you literally can't see straight and everything looks like it's, you're kind of looking through a kaleidoscope. Um, I've never had one, I don't know, but I learned a lot about them <laughs> in this workshop. And and the interesting thing is, you know, again, it, it's, yeah, disorienting for sure, for sure. And if you're already, if you already have a lot on your mind around your health, oh my gosh, I can totally see how that'd be completely freaky and disorienting. And they had doctors over and over again say, this is just how this goes. It's exactly what we talk and what I talk about, right? Like, I know it's scary. I know it looks weird, but this is just how it goes. You know, one of them, his doctor kept saying, just kick back and enjoy the ride. It's like a crazy drug trip. It's like looking through a kaleidoscope for an hour or two hours or five hours, however long it takes, and then it ends. It's not dangerous. Yeah, your mind will tell you it's dangerous because life looks different for a minute, but it isn't dangerous. You don't have a brain tumor. You, this isn't going to kill you. It, it's just how it goes. And, and you know, it's hard to hear that. <laughs> so, so these hooks can be like, it just, it's just the story that comes in that in an instant, we are not telling the story, but in an instant, a story is formed about 
about what it means and memories and stories and projections. And then it, it just comes to feel really real. So when I'm working with them, when I'm coaching anyone, it's always like seeing, yeah, that's how that goes. This is, this is how, what a mind would say, because it, it's so creative and bringing in the, the quote unquote facts and evidence and proof and projecting a future out of all that. But we want to just keep getting more and more meta with all this. Yeah. And that's what all minds do. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or that you're unsafe and, or, you're, or that life is not safe or you're in danger in any way. It's just the creative nature of things. So one of the things that always is a, comes up as an issue that can kind of compound things and make it feel especially painful um, is, I kind of mentioned it earlier with the resistance, but along the lines of resistance is so much blame, so much responsibility. I'm doing this to myself. So many, that that all opens up to tons of strategies to try to make it different, to try to be different, to try to change things. And if you've listened to even one episode of this podcast before, you know, like, that's all just adding weight to all of this. You know, it, it is... And it's massive, innocent, innocent, nearly universal misunderstanding. It's not your fault. You're not doing anything. You're literally not doing any of this to yourself. None of us are doing anything to ourselves. It's what's arising. But as what arises is more story about I'm doing this and why and I'm making it worse and what's wrong with me. And in the case of health anxiety, it has this extra special twist, which is, if I keep stressing like this, I'm wrecking my health. So you see that cycle, right? It's like they're already worried about poor health. And now they have the story, all the stories, which are everywhere, very easy to find about how much stress affects our health. So they're like, great, not only am I probably dying, but I'm super anxious, which is just speeding up the process. And it's so understandable, you know, to see, man, that's so heavy so heavy. And I hope you can sense so wrong. Not wrong that it's happening, but so inaccurate. So inaccurate. There's just what's showing up. There's just what's showing up in their health, in their physical experience, and in the sensations and emotions they feel, and in the stories that show up. There's just what's showing up for all of us. And there can be such a, a ownership, in a sense, of responsibility and blame and the me, me, me that gets folded in with what's showing up is what really brings us down. I love thinking about it that way. It's like if you ever bake and you have to fold something rather than mix it, it's like, okay, there's just what's showing up. I just have, you know, there's just some sensation. Yeah, there's some stories, some pictures, some projections. But when we fold in me, it's happening to me. It shouldn't be happening to me. I'm making it happen to me. Look how much I'm worrying. That's only making it all worse. What can I do to make me feel better? That's when it really goes south. You know, that's when all the suffering comes in. There isn't suffering in what shows up. There's suffering when the me is folded into it all. And it gets so folded in and so integrated and mixed in with it that you can't 
you, it's hard to pull it back out until you zoom out a little bit and and see how this process works. I don't know how any, I don't know how I got through this. I don't know how anyone, I mean, I do know, but I'm just saying like, I have so much, uh, so much awe for how this works. So how people, when we're left alone with our own stories, it, you can just feel how everything becomes evidence for what we're afraid of. And you can see how left alone with our own stories, things just feel heavier and heavier and heavier. Now, I say I do know because there's also thought changes, thought shifts. Like we see things, we, we have little glimmers, little moments of insight. We notice, wow, this person next to me has the same health diagnosis and they don't seem to have any of what I have, any of this worry. Like all life is constantly waking us up from this and and we get left to our own devices and our mind just makes it heavy, you know? So I don't know. I just think it's amazing that we have this ability now and not everyone does, but for people who who have someone or something that starts to like pop them out of this this illusion a little bit and and even better help them see how a mind is creating this illusion but they aren't they aren't doing this so that was really helpful to talk quite a bit as we did in this workshop um about the blame and the responsibility and the fears about making things worse and to start to start to look at like are you really doing that or is it just what's arising and now you're thinking you're giving yourself all the blame for it? Um, one of the participants found some old journals and was sharing that from, and they were from like decades ago, 20 some years ago. It, she was so, so amazing how she was sharing that she was looking through these old journals and they were just filled with worries about her health that never came to pass. And again, we're talking 20, 30-year-old journals. And she's and she said it was just incredible to me to read all of this and to see that was on my mind almost all that felt like all day every day for all of those years and none of that stuff happened. And similar thoughts show up now, of course. She still has some very similar thoughts. Maybe the maybe the specific worry had shifted from you know, this health concern to that health concern, but it was the same thing. And for her to see and to share with the rest of us that those exact same thoughts had been coming up forever and they had never been true. And that now as it's, see, it's not that the thoughts have just completely stopped, but now there's some space. Now there's some space in there where they just, she can see them more as thoughts. And especially by being able to look back and say, oh my gosh, none of this happened. That was really amazing. And so I wanted to share that and just to, you know, I look at that too and see, yeah, there's a lot for me too. A lot of thinking that that still shows up in my experience that's been there since I was, who knows how old, 10, I don't know, young, young. But it doesn't have to, that doesn't have to mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't even have to be a problem. It can be like, oh. There you are. There you are. Amanda Jones on one of our recent Little School Big Change calls uh, talked about it as a like this gold pocket watch that maybe you've had in your pocket for most of your life. 
you know, it was passed down. It's this little heirloom and you carry it around and it's like, oh, just pat my little watch in my pocket. There you are. That's that's how this can come to look, you know, and and that's, uh, there's just so, who knew? There's so much freedom in that. Who knew nothing had to change, but everything can change. Thoughts don't have to go away. Worries don't have to go away. But everything can change, even with all of that here. So that was a that was big. That was a really cool. It was stuck out in my mind. Um, and again, it kind of opened up to looking so much at resistant how how resistance and the oh no, here it comes. What's going on? What might happen? How that just builds up steam, and and that's okay. That's just experience too. It's anxious experience, or what we would call anxious experience, but it's safe. It's okay. It, but but having that same stuff show up, the same thoughts, even the same little anxious feelings, and having room, having some space, you know, just just this is just what's arising. Like that relationship is everything. So we did have a big event <laughs> in our um, the format of the workshop was that we met once a week for four weeks for two hour sessions. So, and this was all recorded and available for all of you to watch. I I love these people so much. I love them because I spent this time with them really. And I love everyone that I spend time with and really get to see. I mean, when you see a person, when someone is vulnerable and honest and you truly see them, I don't think you can ever not fall in love with them. So, I love them for that reason, but I'm so amazed and just completely in awe of how people do show up so vulnerable and open, knowing they're being recorded, knowing this is going to help other people. That's why they're doing it. They want support too, but you know, whatever pride or me, me, me or embarrassment or anything like that moves out because they want, they know they're okay and they want to feel it. And they, every one of them wants other people to feel it too. It could just make me cry saying that. I mean, that, so anyway, all of this is recorded. We met once a week for two hour sessions, and then we had had a break, um, like a three to four week break, and then we met again for a follow up. So, in between our third and fourth session, one of our participants had a heart attack, a real heart attack, not the imagined ones she'd been having for years and years, but. She actually had a heart attack. And I talked about this in some detail in episode 190, um, Hope is a Handhold. So I, I, I won't go into it at that level, but I want to say some different things about it. Um, the shifts that happened for her immediately, almost immediately upon having this issue, you you just have to see it. Like words can't even describe it. She deeply saw that even with the worst case scenario in her mind, and this really was, it was not only a pretty major heart attack. She had she had a triple bypass, um, but it happened during COVID. She couldn't see her family. No one was allowed to visit her in the hospital. It was all of her worst nightmares, all of her years and years of biggest fears happening. And she felt peace and love and connection in ways she hadn't when she was sitting at home worrying all the time. Now, there was still fear. There was still terror at times. There was still panic that showed up for sure, of course. 
but there is this expansiveness where that could show up and it could be like something over there showing up. It wasn't the all of everything. It was like, oh, wow, yeah, there's a lot of fear, a lot of panic moving through. And, and at the same time, and just right there with it was peace and acceptance and connection and love. And the way she talks about the way she, like her relationship with the nurses that were caring for her and the, the person in the bed next to her and the pastor that came to visit her, it's how we are. It's, our, it's how we connect with people when we don't have a ton of thinking that we're super identified with. When thought has taken a little bit of a backseat and we're just here in life. And that was possible for her. I don't want to tell stories about it, but it's like her mind, she was so tuned into the story of what might happen while she was at home in her beautiful house with everything she could ever want. You know, she had the life was fine, but she was so consumed with stories of what might happen that she she wasn't enjoying any of that. And I'm, I might be exaggerating. I'm, I'm, I know she had joy in her life, but she wasn't enjoying it that much. She wasn't fully present to it at all. And when she was in the hospital and there was nowhere to go, when there was no more worst case scenarios because it had happened, it, there was no like sitting up in story. There was like, what's for breakfast? What's for lunch? <laughs> Which I love. She talked a lot about food, but for a long time, because of all this anxiety, she, she didn't have much of an appetite at all. And as soon as her heart attack happened and she was being cared for in the hospital, suddenly she loved food and enjoyed it. And she couldn't wait for the next meal and couldn't wait for the nurse to come and, and for people to visit and to, to FaceTime with people. And everything was like so precious because her mind was quiet. And that's how life truly is. She was seeing life for what it really is, even with clouds of terror and fear and what if and major, major health decisions to make, even in all of that. I'm, I don't want to say too much more about it because I, want, I hope that you'll hear it from her. Um, I mean, it was so moving. All of us were crying on the calls. She, it was so important to her to come to the calls of course, I was gonna. I was happy to reschedule around her her health, but she was able to talk from her hospital bed, and so our last our last regular call uh, was from the hospital, and our follow up call was the day she came home from the hospital. Um, she was back at home. It was like a week after her surgery, and yeah, I, I just I don't know. I don't. I can't even say much. Uh, I don't want to muddy her words because it's just so beautiful what she saw. I did want to read one thing because it really feels, as I wrap this up, it really feels like it it encapsulates this whole this whole thing for health anxiety for anything, literally anything. And it's this quote that someone just shared from Ram Das, um, which I love. So it says, "The technique of the witness is to merely sit with the fear and be be aware of it before it becomes so consuming that there's no space left." I imagine I usually use, oh, sorry. The image I usually use is that of a picture frame and a picture of a gray cloud against a blue sky. But the picture frame is a little too small. So you bend the canvas around the frame. But in doing so, you lost all the blue sky. So you end up with just a framed gray cloud. It fills the entire frame. So when you say, I'm afraid or I'm depressed, if you enlarge the frame so that just a little bit of blue space shows, you would say, ah, a cloud. 
That's what the witness is. The witness is that tiny little blue over in the corner that leads you to say, ah, fear. So again, that's from Ram Dawson. And it's like, when we're so consumed with the narrative that's happening, it's just like that. It's like what, what's meant to be a little gray cloud in a blue sky, it gets stretched so tight that it just seems to fill our entire experience. Then there's no space. And we just say anxiety, fear, panic. I might die. This could happen. But as we back up a little bit, as we zoom out a little bit, as Ram Dass says, if you just get a bigger frame, you start to see what's around that. And I saw that for all three of these incredible participants to varying degrees at varying moments. You know, I saw them see, oh, yeah, the creative process of a mind. Oh, an old story. Oh, a worry. Not, I'm going to die and what happened and what if and all of that. And that's all it takes. A little bit of space just starts to change absolutely everything. So I really hope that if, if for sure, if you struggle with anything related to health anxiety, but even if you don't, I, I would love for you to check this one out. I mean, it's, they're all incredible, but I think it's entertaining and it's moving and you would see so much. Um, and, and I just know you get so much out of it. So I'll put the link here uh, at the end of the, of the show to where you can check out that workshop. If you struggle with worry and anxiety around your own or others' health issues, I'd really love for you to check out the course I just talked about called Freedom from Health Anxiety, a no-willpower approach to peace of mind. In this course, you'll get to follow three amazing people who are struggling with health anxiety as I coach them for eight hours over four weeks. You'll get to follow their journey, see their insights, and watch how a really huge change happened for every one of them. You can purchase this course on its own at dramyjohnson.com slash freedom from health anxiety. And there are no spaces in that. Or you can get it free if you're part of Student Access Plus. <laughs>